Report in. Red 10 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red 9 standing by. You're listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. This is it. He laser clickers. Welcome to the Iron Cannon Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. And you know, guys, after a long week, it is truly great for us to reunite together and discuss Season 1, Episode 8 of The Bad Batch titled Reunion. That was an easy one. Uh, but before we can get in too far, William, you want to tell us about a couple of announcements? Yes, interesting stuff going on today uh, or this week. Uh, news coming out of the Hollywood Reporter, apparently uh, the new uh, Marvel show, Loki, which has been premiering on Wednesdays. It's the first Disney Plus original to come out on Wednesdays. It's been doing so well that they are moving all Disney Plus original shows to Wednesdays. So uh, that that means The Mandalorian and uh, you know, all the other shows that Disney Plus is putting out will all premiere on Wednesdays now, which is super interesting. Uh, now, I don't know what that means for The Bad Batch. Um, uh, I tried to get confirmation from Lucasfilm, and they, they weren't sharing anything yet. And they've, The Hollywood Reporter has some updated dates for the um, premieres for the various upcoming Disney Plus original shows. And um, The Bad Batch was not listed on there, so maybe Bad Batch will keep its Friday slot at least through this season and then future originals will move to Wednesdays. Not super clear yet, but yeah, very, very interesting. Movies will keep the Friday release date, but all the shows, the original series will come out on Wednesdays. What do you guys think of this? <sighs> Tom, so you don't sound I'm, happy. <laughs> well, well, that, that just means I have to go to work now Thursday tired. <laughs> and then, then basically trying to recover on Friday from being tired from Thursday staying up until one o'clock in the morning instead of having to go to work on Friday, which is no, my no, Wednesday, to go to Wednesday work. now. You'd stay up till Tuesday yeah. night, right? Tuesday night, Wednesday morning at midnight. Oh, whatever. It's yeah. just, it's too confusing. Just, just, I don't know. <laughs> Disney's going to do what Disney's going to do. But yeah, you've got a point. Now it's going to be Tuesday to watch Wednesday yeah. to recover Thursday, which is better for me to stay Thursday night. Because my Friday is an easier day than the rest of the week. Oh, God. <laughs> Steven, your thoughts? It honestly doesn't bother me. Yeah. <laughs> no. that, it makes it slightly longer between when we can record and get a review up. But like... That's true. It, it doesn't make a difference in my mind. Yeah. For those, our, our listeners, we typically record on the weekend. Uh, it just happens to work best for schedules. And so, so yeah, we're, we're usually... Um, uh, it's actually in some ways it's a good thing, you know, gives us a little more time to prep for the show and, and whatnot. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think overall it's probably a, a good change. Um, Fridays are pretty busy as far as streaming goes. Uh, Netflix tends to drop all their stuff on Fridays. Uh, I think yep. Apple TV does. HBO Max does. Some of the other ones, I think it's Paramount maybe does Thursdays, but for the most part. Um, Fridays are pretty popular for the original shows and moving Disney plus originals to Wednesdays will give plenty of, of time just to focus on, uh, focus on Star Wars. And I actually, I wonder because they've done the Mandalorian and I think, uh, the Bad Batch premiere was on a Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. 
and they did incredibly well. So I wonder if that was almost like a pilot, like, oh, wait, they, they do pretty well, and there's no other shows competing with us today. Uh, and then they tried it with Loki for the whole season, and or at least a part of partial season, and it was popular enough they're moving everything. So stay tuned well, for more info there. It does give them the opportunity to corner the market before all the other shows premiere, if they premiere Thursday and Friday, so it gets more people to watch and more eyes on their product on Wednesday. Yeah. You think of it from that point of view. Yeah, exactly. It kind of gives them, gives them Wednesdays. So I guess we'll, we will, we will see. Um, I ultimately doesn't make that big of a difference, but Hey, I think it's, it's a good change. Um, what else? Again, currently bad batch is not changing as far as I can tell, but if that does happen, we will definitely let you know. In other Star Wars animation news, we're going to get a sneak peek at Star Wars Visions, the new anime Star Wars TV show that's premiering this fall uh, at the Anime Expo on July 3rd at 3 p.m. Pacific. Uh, I think it's a free um, panel that anyone can uh, can just, just sign up to attend the the virtual conference for free and you can listen and and watch and get a sneak peek although i'm sure it'll be online shortly after as well i would hope um but yeah it's it's confirmed coming later this year and according to the panel description lucasfilm's star wars visions is an upcoming anthology of animated shorts celebrating star wars through the lens of the world's best anime creators and storytellers tune for a sneak peek that will leave you excited for this all-new vision of the galaxy far far away yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a it's a it's an anthology show with a whole bunch of different shorts. Uh, but what's interesting is it's celebrating stars through the lens of the different anime creators and storytellers. So I wonder will they be recreations of existing stories or brand new stories? I guess we will find out. I wonder if we'll see something like certain point of view where it's kind of little short stories that fit in or retellings of some things we've seen before. Could be interesting. I can that see might that. not be a bad idea. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah, uh, and we don't really know how long. I mean, they call them animated shorts, so they could be just a couple minutes long. They could be kind of like the what is it, the Pixar shorts they've been releasing on Disney Plus. Yeah. So yeah, I guess we will find out more in what two weeks? Yeah, just under two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. So, and lastly, this actually slipped under my radar. Uh, somehow, I'm if they announced this previously, I totally missed it. But um, Random House Audio is putting out, they just released a new audiobook for Shatterpoint, the old EU novel, and for the first time ever, it's unabridged. So uh, if you haven't checked out Shatterpoint, the fantastic, fantastic novel all about Mace Windu, um, I, uh, I highly, highly recommend it. It's, it's so good. And, um, yeah, it's, 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 we now have a unabridged version and it's read by Sullivan Jones and it's actually out, it's out now, um, in, in audiobook form. So mm-hmm. check that out too. It's a, it's I'd a love great, to get great my hands on. I'd love to get my hands on that hardcover they're releasing. Cause that actually looks pretty cool, but audiobook, I've already got it on my phone. So I'll be listening to that one. Yeah. And Matthew Stover is, he's, he's, He's a great author, so absolutely, yeah, yep. And with that, we turn our eyes toward a pretty big episode of the Bad Batch. It's the second one in a row that the show's really going. Tom, what are we reviewing 
today? Well, today we're going to be re- reviewing The Bad Batch Season 1, Episode 8, Reunion, directed by Stuart Lee and written by Christian Taylor. In this episode, you know, we've said this before and we'll say it again. The synopsis really doesn't tell you much, but in this one, it reads, The Batch finds themselves cornered on treacherous terrain. Now, you have to admit one thing. Didn't that planet just look so cool with all those derelicts? Oh, yeah. Braca continues to be a great uh, setting, I think, for this particular part of the story. It's like eye candy. It's eye candy. The fact that it's showed up in Fallen Order is just extra. It just, it all works beautifully, I would say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we talked about this last week, you know, about how cool it looked during the day. But this episode, the bulk of it is actually set at night, and we get some yep. phenomenal lighting. Like I, I, the the depth of, of of color. I think without like, actually, I, I mean, I watched it on an HDR TV, and I almost wonder what it looks like on a standard uh, on a TV without HDR. Just given that mm-hmm. there was so much range to the darkness, I, I hope it was. I hope you could almost see it on a on a TV without HDR. Right. Um, but it was it was gorgeous. Like the. Every single shot was just stunningly animated. Uh, and it was one of the darkest episodes because the beginning was pretty bright. But after that, every scene was incredibly, incredibly dark and mm-hmm. uh, darkly lit. And I, I guess mm-hmm. according to um, Joel Aaron, it was one of the they're actually pushing the bounds for uh, the nighttime uh, for nighttime in, in the color grade and, and trying to make sure uh, everything was lit and and and. Uh, and all made sense. I guess originally mm-hmm. they lit it for for daylight, and then they realized, no, let's go dark. Let's let's go with night. Yeah, really cool stuff. It it sets up the end very well, but I love how this episode picks up immediately after the first episode because you know they're still there on Braca, but I just love the chemistry that's going on between Wrecker and Omega, especially when you have Wrecker trying to train her to like disarm thermal explosives. Here's this big soldier trying to teach a kid how to disarm a thermal explosive, especially in a shipyard with derelict ships. I think by far my favorite part is he's walking her through all the individual pieces, then sets one off and asks her to try and defuse it in 10 seconds. Yep. And his line of, like, of course it was a dot. I, I'm not crazy. And it's like, hmm. <laughs> are, are you sure, though? It was a good moment. I, I actually thought they were going to re- reuse that later, right? Um, and, and have her try to disarm or arm an explosive. We never really see mm-hmm. that happen to that extent. Like, they, they, they technically did arm some explosives, but didn't require any rewiring whatsoever. Right. So I wonder uh, if that'll uh, come back up later. Time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've always said when you call attention to something, you better use it. You never know. They may have to use it later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that was a nice a nice moment, again, seeing more of the relationship between the two. Clearly, it's kind of, um, they've, they've repaired things after last week when Wrecker was going after her. Um, you know, it wasn't within... It, it it wasn't his uh, decision. He really had no control over it, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, we get a nice chase with the Scrapper Guild through the the Braca ruins. Um, but ultimately, that's just kind of set up to buy time. Because yep. meanwhile, while they're while they're hanging out 
on Braca disarming thermal explosives and, and, and whatnot. The Empire is on their tail. And and it turns out a lot of the theories from last week were right. Um, your, your theory that uh that the scrapper guild was reporting to the empire was spot on and that sends crosshair mm-hmm. after them uh ah oh, that's so good the one the one thing that i thought was funny was when crosshair is like you know we've got a report from the scrapper guild on this planet and the guys the 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 imperial officer is just like oh just send a patrol you know it's almost like you know, back on um, what was it, episode four, where you have the the same thing, where we have the Imperial officers just say, you know, I was uh, Empire Strikes Back. It's like, you know, we found something here on the planet Hoth. Oh, just send a patrol. And Darth Vader's like, no, they're there. And Crosshair is the same thing. It's like, no, I think you're going to need to send more than a patrol because that's where they're at. Yeah, yeah. I actually, I think that was one of the things I was a little disappointed about with this episode is I wanted to see more of Crosshair anticipating and outthinking the batch. Um, there's, he's very good at figuring out it post. Um, but I really wanted to see something of Crosshair with a line of like, you know, of course I knew what you were going to do. Like we've, we've trained together for so long. Oh, I feel um, like that's exactly while... what they did though. Right. Well, it, it is because that's, that was a thing in which you had tech sit there, try and get the, um, he intercepted communications from the regs and then True. you heard he Crosshair say, yeah. And then you heard Crosshair say, you know, let's start, let's kind of force them into the bay and then crosshair even sets her when they finally get to the artillery deck crosshair i believe did say you know very predictable because crosshair had a feeling that's where they were going to go true and i think what i was hoping for is like there's a line where um the batch are taking they're like we're gonna okay they're doing this type of search pattern we'll go the other hallways right um mm-hmm. so we can avoid them and i really wanted to see them run into uh crosshair's squad um squad with him being like of course i knew we were going to take the other hallways why would we follow the standard search pattern against you got it got it yeah, that yeah makes sense. i see what yeah. you're saying and it it was to be fair they did a fantastic job and i really enjoyed watching uh crosshair provide i'd say the first real challenge of the batch of face like yeah yeah he he did he, he he really made it difficult for them and i think the last half of the episode is just so good because of that um, the, the first half though, we, we talked a little about the thermal explosives and scrap. And I want to get, want to get back to, to crosshair, um, uh, mm-hmm. but really briefly touch on, you know, while, while crosshair's on his way, uh, the batch, they decide to scaven. Well, so, so first they're, they're, they're realized, you know, echoes almost, uh, talking about how he wishes they would have maybe gone with Rex, which I found, yeah. I, I loved that hearing that. Right. And, and you know, maybe they wouldn't need to scavenge and kind of pay back Sid who, who they owe. And so mm-hmm. they decide to grab weapons from the armory and Intel from the bridge uh, so that they can sell it to Sid and hopefully pay back their debt in full. Right. And this kind of well, like basically takes up a lot of the time while crosshairs, <laughs> un- well, you know, they don't know it of course, but crosshairs mm-hmm. traveling to them. And the one thing I like about this, you have, you have, um, Echo is almost like the voice of reason because he even sat there and, and told Hunter, "Look, we're soldiers. We're, we're we're not this." But I believe it was Hunter who kind of sat there and said, "You know, in so many words, we're we're trying to find out what we are at this point mm-hmm. because everything has changed." Yeah. Yeah. So 
I mean, technically, you this is this is the thing I'm enjoying about this. You have the squad of let's say lost clones who need to figure out how they are going to survive in this world because, in a way, they because of the inhibitor chip, they ended up turning into and the clone, original clones were still there as drones because they have no way to get themselves out of being manipulated like Crosshair and the clones that are underneath him. These guys now don't have that manipulation. They're not part of an Imperial arm, uh, the Republic anymore. They're trying to find themselves yeah. and to find themselves. And, and to hear echo is the voice of reason or like, look, you know, that, that, that little, little, uh, what am I trying to get at the, the, the conflict between them? It's going to be fascinating going forward, but you can tell they're going to stick together. I have to say, I do have some serious concerns about how the Empire is handling the demilitar. Well, I guess it's not really demilitarization. The retirement of so many things from the Clone Wars. <laughs> we saw yeah. battle droids that were being disassembled, weapons and Tabanagas and everything included. Now we've got capital ships that just have proton torpedoes lying around and stocked artillery cannons. I mean, yeah. doesn't, doesn't this strike it's... either of you as like, maybe we should not put those just like what if someone like you know we're compacting the ship together because i assume that's what they do i don't know it just seems like a risk is what i'm saying yeah we don't know that we don't know what the pipeline is though right we we don't know what their process is maybe what they do first is they just they 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 land the ship somewhere and really it's like it's not like there's tourists on braca right it's not like you're like hey let's take the family to braca you know climb the 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 venator cruisers and so like fun to me (laughs) <laughs> okay, but, but if you look cool. at the planet, but it wasn't really an orderly way that they basically disposed of those. After World War II, when they disposed a lot of the planes, they had some of them in nice, neat rows. Yeah. These look like they just crashed them there and just left them there. They didn't yeah. like set them down and just let them go derelict. True. Right. Yeah, and so I, I mean, I I'd like to think that maybe they were going to uh, clear things out later on, but. Uh, I guess it's it's convenient for the Bad Batch, even if it's a little incredibly dangerous uh, to right. leave, I don't know, giant racks of proton torpedoes and very important intel about how the Empire <laughs> works in mm-hmm. <laughs> in the data banks. I got a question for the two. Yeah, minor detail. I got a question for the two of you. Uh, what did you think of Omega's question to Tech when she asked him, what was the war like? I love that. I thought... Yeah. I thought it was a fascinating question. And mm-hmm. I I wish we'd gotten to hear answers from other parts of the team. Um, Tech is very clearly the wrong person to ask that kind of question. He's way he too analytical like, and logical. Yeah. <laughs> which, um, which fit the character. Yeah, but I, I love that Omega's asking those types of questions because it's it's not, not an easy thing to answer. No. Mm-hmm. And it's logical and it's also- that she'd be curious about the war you know yeah and and it's also at least what i like about and i get back to the karen travis books it's giving the clones more of you know you feel sorry for them in the situation that they're in but they're giving them more that they're the, the story is making it round out more and you feel more sorry for the clones for what they were put through yeah so yeah. you really yeah. do you you really you really do um and so she doesn't really get her answer. <laughs> no. Also, I, I, I did enjoy, appreciate too how, you know, uh, the, the pro, I, right after Omega asked that question, right. The proximity sensor starts, 
uh, blaring yep. and tech completely ignores it like he doesn't ever think like oh maybe maybe the empire's coming he's just like ah it's 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 definitely mal-. he doesn't even qualify it saying probably malfunctioning he just says oh it's malfunctioning and yeah. then you know the 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 shuttles land and uh and crosshair and the troops uh not deplane de de ship disembark well yeah they disembark <laughs> there you go yeah yeah but oh uh, and this this is where i think the episode gets so good. I thought the first part of the episode was decent. Mm-hmm. You know, it was interesting. It yep. picks up from where. Always totally acceptable. Yeah. Yep. Very, yeah. Like it, it's getting us to the meat, really what we've been working towards from episode two, which is the arrival of Crosshair and the battle between Crosshair's squad and the elite squad and the Bad Batch. Yeah. yeah. So, Stephen, let's talk about that. The, the battle on the artillery deck or the where they they get cornered uh your your thoughts yeah, on I, on the sequence so i wish the thing i'll say the thing i was a little surprised by is the batch don't spend as nearly as much effort trying to rescue crosshair as i expected mm-hmm. um we know the equipment exists on this ship for them to deactivate his uh microchip but i they're clearly not uh, not in a place where they feel like they are able to do that, which is unfortunate for Crosshair. Um, but yeah, like having the uh, turbo lasers kind of get activated and used as a I don't even, how would you even describe it? Like uh, an improvised weapon, I thought worked very very well. Mm. Yeah, and I wonder like how could they have i guess they could have tried to take out all of the other clones or 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 why take out the other clones ideally stun them all and take out all of their inhibitor chips it's, theoretically I, I think there yeah. seem to be what like three different squads of troops right there it was a lot so right it it's not surprising that it didn't really they didn't really have that type of opportunity. Yeah. But they tried. Yeah. Like they they told Crosshair about it. They tried to convince him and no dice, unfortunately. Yeah. And remember his inhibitor chip was like dialed up to, you know, plus eleven. Yep. Yeah. So there there's no way they they were gonna convince him otherwise. And you have to take into account if they were able to do that and they got the other clones, remember the elite squad was still there. Mm-hmm. Now technically if you go by what the one said when who got shot that he was there because, you know, he you know, a hot cut, whatever you want to call it. And and maybe the other three would have turned with Crosshair. Crosshair had the chip removed, but you can't take that chance. Yeah. Yeah. I do still wish we'd gotten a little bit more time with Crosshair and his elite squad. I think mm-hmm. in the per- for the purposes of this episode, I appreciated how it was all mostly from the Batch's perspective and... Crosshair is the one who's just hunting them, and he he shows up in different places. But the episode's really through the Batch's eyes for the most right. part, yep. um, especially at the end. We'll get that. Yeah, yeah, literally through the Batch's eyes in in yeah. in, in one in one uh, scene. Um, but you know, I I, I would have loved to. I, I I really enjoyed early on, right? Um, in in replacements where we got to learn more about the elite squad and I would love to see more of that. I fear we may not. Um, but I'd love to have get more of that dynamic between crosshair and the elite squads at some mm. point. That being said, I get, again, I loved how they, they felt like they were hunted and crosshair was like trying to 
outsmart them at every turn, you know, mm-hmm. tricking, you know, they, they were heading for the, the, the docking bay. So he, you know, knows they're listening and says, we're going to head to the docking bay and the convinces them to go to their artillery deck. And, and right. then even when they're yep. on the way to the artillery deck, he knows, or after they escape the artillery, artillery deck, he knows that, well, they, they're probably going to try to escape through the engines. And so he, he heads there as well. It's all very, very well done. Now you have to admit when they go to the engines, that was actually a pretty cool sequence. So cool. Yeah, that entire yeah. sequence is fascinating. And that's, yeah. for me, I think that was where the visuals of the episode even kicked up into higher gear is like yep. watching that engine light up with mm. the batch inside was so well done. And, and not just that, it was how it was textured to look really rusty and damaged. Mm-hmm. And then you have to love tech even making that whole comment about Oh, these are so well built. And then record just says, no one cares. Don't care how marvelous the ion engine chamber is. Yeah. Yeah. It, the, it's like, we haven't, obviously we've seen these massive engines on these ships in the films and the, the shows and everything, but it's the first time we've actually gotten to see these giant, giant engines up close. And it's really cool. And like, and just the fact that Crosshair's plan is to turn on the ship's engine mm-hmm. so he can fry the batch to a crisp or lure them out where he can snipe them is just as brutal. It is yeah. brutal. I mean, he is literally burning them to a crisp. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like, it is. Oh, I know. It's it, it's just. And the look of surprise. On I know. Yeah. But- but the best thing was was the way they figured out how to get out of it because the ship was so packed with weapons. They were actually able to bring some detonators with them, and I just love how you had text it and they're telling them, "Look, you know, well, first off, I would have loved to have known originally what Plan Seven was." <laughs> um, I mean, Tom, clearly, Plan Seven wasn't relevant. So, well, thankfully, it wasn't Plan Nine. For any of you old folks out there, we'll get the joke of Plan Nine because that came from outer space. This was plan seven, but bad joke anyway, but just to sit there and have them put the detonators around the ring of the engine Mm -hmm. and have it explode and ride that down. That was cool. But the, the secondary effect of that, what did you guys think of crosshair basically being in the crosshairs of that engine? (laughs) I mean, I think he could have made a smarter choice. Like he's, because he's on the ledge watching them. The engine starts lighting off. He's walking away. And clearly he was like all of like three feet away from the danger yeah. zone. Because he turns back around. And <laughs> Crosshair is now lacking hair. Right. He <laughs> got yeah. burned off. Yeah. Like I was like, okay. While you feel a little bad for Crosshair, he was sitting. It was like camping right behind the engine, like right behind the engine, even if they hadn't broken the you know, engine in half, the, the blast would have gone straight into his face. Like that was right. all 100% on him. Like, sorry, yep. dude, like that's all on you. <laughs> you deserve yeah, yeah. everything that happens to you there. <laughs> well, the, the thing that I found fascinating is once the explosives went off and you saw that engine fall, it's almost like Crosshair turned around saying, ah, they're over with. Because it's like, you have this feeling, he's like, oh, they're dead anyway. And then he turns around and it's like, oh my God, I got an engine engine coming at me. Yeah. Yeah, it was, 
uh, yeah, I mean, he ends up in bandages, right? And actually, for for a brief second, I thought he was Dengar. I was like, did Dengar just randomly show up? You know oh, oh, wait, no, I no, no, it was Crosshair. I thought the exact same thing for that brief Oh, second. you did? Okay. Yes, I did. You're I'm glad I'm one. not the only one. Yeah, no, you weren't the only one. <laughs> I think you're both crazy. I didn't think it at all. <laughs> That's fine. You know I'm crazy, so I have no problem with you telling me that. True. Uh... Yeah. Um, yeah, it just I think we're just seeing more and more of Crosshair. Like we talked about last episode, like I was I was wondering if Crosshair was going to be redeemed this episode. Right. Uh, he's not. Not yet. This is in very fact, much the. Yeah, like he's, I think, becoming even more of the villain than he was even before. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, both because of like in tropes when the villain gets like burned and damaged, they hate the, you know, the their opponents even more. But even realistically, right, he, he, from his perspective. He does think that the batch basically got him. <laughs> the batch is the reason why he's now seriously injured, and will, yeah. it remains to be seen how bad it is. But um, I, I suspect that it will only widen the divide between Crosshair and the batch. Yeah, I I think at this Fortune. point, yeah, I I think at this point there is no redeeming Crosshair on this one. I would be. Well, you never know what Filoni's got planned, but I would be very surprised if that chip ever comes out of Crosshair at all mm. at this point. Oh, you don't think he's ever going to get redeemed? I don't think so. I I don't. Okay, you never you, you can never say never when it comes to stuff like this. But it's just now. I really hate to say this, and it's it's not a bad pun. He got burned in this one. Oh yeah, yeah. And and I just get this feeling the ship's destroyed unless they come up with some other way to get the chip out. Yeah. They're going to have to find another one of these venerators somewhere and another planet. They can't go back to this planet. So they've got to come up with their own way to get a chip out of their head unless somehow Rex, if they ever meet him up with him again, has a way to do it. Yeah. But if they're if the if the venerators go, there's no way, no way that chip's coming out of his head. The Camino ones aren't going to do it. Uh, yeah. Well, probably not. Well, I would say, go ahead. Let's actually let's let's talk about the Camino ends here. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. So I'm waiting for this one. At the beginning of the episode, we see just a kind of another quick shot with uh, Lamassu and Nalase, where they're they're still clearly worried about what the Empire is going to do. Mm-hmm. They want the batch brought in. Of course, Rampart doesn't want that or doesn't care. Um, and. Yeah, like they're, they're, they they really want Omega. They see Omega as being the key to their future. And we've talked about like we what could that possibly mean, et cetera, et cetera. But I I don't wouldn't put it out of out of the realm of possibility that we're gonna see Camino rebel against the Empire in some way. I could see perhaps it. by I perhaps by it. force. They may not get a choice in the matter. Um We've certainly seen enough cases where, you know, the Empire just decides they're going to take out Kamino. You know, no, mm-hmm. just to be sure. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, like they're very, very interested in recapturing Omega. Right. Yeah. And, and I, they are sending out bounty hunters <laughs> in order to do so. Yeah. yeah and, for and, and, I, I, I got to say this. For me, either, I thought that was going to be Phoenix Shan. Oh, because I thought I thought so too. Already, I yeah. thought so too. And 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 they they even kind of allude to this though later earlier in the episode where they 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 talk about how they already have an operative in play. It's got to be right. that's got to be Fennec Shand, right? Oh yeah. 
but they decide to uh, bring in someone else because the the termination of the batch is a threat to their con- contingency plan. Now, I have no idea what their contingency plan is. Like, how does Omega relate to the Kaminoan contingency plan? Clearly, she is the is the core piece. They don't care about the batch, as we'll talk about right. in a little in a little bit. They could care less about Hunter and Wrecker and uh, Tech and Echo. They only care about Omega. And why is she so important? Important enough to send a bounty hunter that I did not <laughs> see coming. I'm so annoyed because we. I feel like I should have why? seen it coming. Why? Because this Bad Badge is just the Clone Wars season <laughs> eight or nine or whatever, right? And yet and it's so we perfect. Knew, we knew there was a Boba Fett and Cad Bane arc. I said the name. And of course, like, of course Dave Filoni wanted to try and find a place to bring Cad Bane back. Oh. Of course. I loved it. Oh, it was fantastic. <laughs> I love I I paused when I saw this. I paused it and I was like, yeah, I went nuts. I'm sorry. I, I shouted I, too. I, really I was like, yes. <laughs> yeah. It I, was fantastic. And I, I honestly, I did not, even though I know it's Filoni. I did not see this one coming Mm-mm. at all. Yeah. No. And Cad Bane is one of my favorite Clone Wars characters. Like Absolutely. You know, Ahsoka, Hondo Anaka, Cad Bane, right? Yeah, they're they're they're, you know, one of the best. And it's been how many years since we've seen Cad Bane in an episode? Yeah. Not in Rebels. Nope. Not in Resistance, obviously. Nope. So it's been since Clone Wars season five i don't think because i don't think he showed up in six and maybe he was even four now i'm trying to remember he he looks good have you my he looks so different (laughs) and the nice thing is he brought toto 360 with him too yeah so he Uh, got both of them they brought back Corey burton for play cad bane and seth green for toto 360 and it's i couldn't be happier Uh, you know i know this episode i'm sure it's called reunion because Crosshair is reunited with the Bad Batch, but I choose to believe that it's called Reunion because we get to see yep. Cad Bane again. <laughs> no, I think it's because we get to Without see Without a Cad- doubt. No, I think it's the reunion be- between Cad Bane and Toto 360. I think that's why it was called Reunion. And the way they introduced him, right, where oh, the yeah. Batch is running back to the Marauder, and we know we know there's a squad of, of, of um, I don't really know where to call them clone troopers or stormtroopers yet because they're technically clone troopers, but now it's the Empire and... Anyway, we know there's a it's squad of clones. Imperial troopers. Imperial, imperial troopers. troopers. And yeah, we know there's a, a squad of uh, imperial troops guarding the Marauder that that Crosshair had sent there. And you get there, and all of a sudden you see their helmets on the ground. And you're like, okay, well clearly the batch has has you know taken them out already. But it's like this slow, almost mysterious, foreboding shot. And then you see Hunter and Omega standing there. And they have no idea what's going on. And you're like, oh, yeah. crap. Who just, who took them out if it wasn't the batch? Yep. Who did this? And then Cad Bane steps off the ship. And it's, it's perfect. It is perfect. Ugh. Like that that moment alone, I would give a 10 out of 10 to. <laughs> you're, you're not wrong. Yep. Oh, absolutely. Totally. And then it's the standoff. Totally. Oh, now, th- this is all I've been reading on the internet is about the standoff 
about the unused story that Filoni wanted to use, do you think that is being set up here, even though it was Hunter and Cad Bane, but that story that he wanted to use, do you think that's being set up at this point using Cad Bane? Oh, totally. I was going to actually, I'm glad you brought it up because I was going to ask you that as, as okay. well. You know, we know there was an unaired arc of four episodes that were supposed to be for the Clone Wars. That, and the show was canceled before they could ever go too far into production. But I think they'd already, if I recall correctly, voiced the entire arc. I, I think um, I think there's a story reel out there. Yeah, not, they've never released it, but there is a story. Yeah. They've, they've shown clips at Star Wars Celebration. And in this arc, um, Cad Bane was going to mentor Boba Fett. And we were going to see how Boba Fett got his armor and how he learns to be a bounty hunter and uh, we would, I think it was, they were going to like rescue a kid kidnapped by some Tuscan Raiders on Tatooine, but we were also going to see Cad Bane's new ship, the Justifier. And I think um, we we're going to see Boba Fett re- regain slave one from Hondo and Naka. They were going to do all this amazing stuff in this arc. And of course it was canceled. And so we never got to see it. We don't know how, how does Boba Fett get back slave one? How does he, we know he kind of has his father's armor, but when does he put it on for the first time? All of these things, how do, how does he learn to become a bounty hunter? Could we, could the Bad Batch do this? Could the Bad Batch be the vehicle for showing us this storyline in a different way? It's possible. I, I'm not I putting know. anything past Filoni at this point. I, I, yeah. I, I'm not. I'm really it, not. I think it's really going to depend on what they want to do with Cad Bane. If the goal is to show the end of Cad Bane, which I think is possible, like the Bad Batch versus Cad Bane, perhaps, mm-hmm. you know, teaming up with another bounty hunter of their own, uh, like, I don't know, say Boba Fett, would, I could see that. Um, but if they want to leave Cad Bane just in the universe but not seen, then mm-hmm. I don't know how much more we'll see him. Yeah. I mean, so thinking about this, thinking about this more... We know the Kaminoans hired bounty hunters to claim to train all of the clone troopers. Yep. Right. Cal Scarada yep. comes from that what, and everything do we, else. Yeah. Do we well, actually still know that? That was in old well, canon. Is that no, still? That, in... that was that was that was canon because didn't we see them yeah. with Domino Squad? Domino yeah. Squad had those two uh, bounty hunters. Right. Yeah, and and even yeah. if we didn't, we knew that they had hired Boba Fett at least. Even if it wasn't bounty, right. I was right, Django. Even if it wasn't True. bounty hunters. Yeah, but you're yeah, right. Yeah, we yeah. did see it with. Um, in the Clone Wars as well. Okay, and and mind you, mind you that Cal Scarada was in the previous universe, not so much in this universe right, because right. that's now legend. Yeah, but yeah. still, there is precedent that the Kaminoans hired bounty hunters. So if the if the if the Kaminoans do hire go out and hire bounty hunters regularly, at least for training clone troopers, if they sense a threat, and we do we talked about earlier about could there be this Kaminoan rebellion? almost right where they, they they go up against the empire could they mm-hmm. just hire a bunch of bounty hunters or could they be using bounty hunters as the vehicle for whatever their plan is right and almost have like a bounty hunters versus the empire type of thing mm-hmm. potentially um which might now that i think about it more be an interesting way to set up and kind of justify a line of dialogue in in empire where he's like bounty hunters we don't need their scum you know like Oh, they're the ones who like originally tried to go after us or something. I don't know. Just spitballing mm-hmm. here. Uh, but I could I, see I could see Boba Fett 
Cad Bane, Fennec Shand, all, uh, all teaming up. Like, I would not be surprised if in a future episode, maybe next week, a couple weeks, Cad Bane's there. He's got Boba Fett by his side. And maybe we don't see the exact storyline we're going to get in the Clone Wars, but the the key moments will be shown. And he's maybe briefly training Boba Fett on how to be a bounty hunter. Or I, who knows? I think, I think it's going to be very interesting to see how far... Like, this episode picks up right after the previous one. Mm-hmm. Are we going to pick up after Omega has been delivered to Kamino? Or are we going to pick up with the, you know, the Bad Batch and Hot Pursuit effectively? I that's think that's going to be interesting to find that out. That will yeah. very quickly tell us what what we can expect. Yeah. Well, I I've got it. I've got a crazy theory here. I'm going to throw out to the two of you. Okay, so the inhibitor chips were put in by the Empire with an Order 66 to turn against the Jedi. Who's to say that this quote unquote con- contingency plan of the Kaminoans may not be so much with bounty hunters, but maybe let's say there's oh an Order 67 in which the Kaminoans, because they're the ones who put the chip in there. Mm-hmm kind of flip a switch on the empire and they will turn the clones against the empire. I think that'd be fascinating. I think we'd have, they'd have to spend more time showing us. They'd have to set it up. Yeah. Yeah. The empire needs to be able to, like we know the empire has to win that fight. So if we spent more time talking about the native recruits, I'd say, yeah, there's a, we might get that story because they haven't spent as much time just showing about all the brand new recruits. I I don't think so. Mm, Yeah. Well, it's, it's it's a crazy thing to throw out there. It would be yeah, a cool it, it, way to show why they would get rid of the clones completely, too. Yes, you yes know. it would be. That's what I was getting to, because that, that would be a way for us to see what happened to the clones and why there are now basically conscripts inside the Stormtrooper armor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, may, maybe they try to flip a switch, and then, and then you know, the, the Empire quickly, I don't know, deactivates it or something and maybe it happens quickly but i think you're right yeah, Stephen. we York probably would have had to see more of the elite squad yeah. for them to do that but i think i think we'll still get we've been talking we've been since the beginning of the sh- of, the, of the show almost will we see boba fett i think we'll see boba, boba fett i think we'll see him kind of come into his own being mentored by cad bane first and fennec shand second which mm-hmm. sets up why fennec and boba are together working together in the book of Boba Fett and yep. in the Mandalorian. Yeah. Right. And so I think it all ties together and we've already seen the bad batch kind of be in the underworld already. And I wonder if they'll continue to be in the underworld. Will they team up with the bounty hunters or will they just go after them? I don't know. Only Dave Filoni and everybody writing the show knows. <laughs> we're just the guys sitting here speculating on what's going to happen, and we're enjoying the ride. Wildly speculating. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, okay, so question. So we have this fantastic Western-style standoff where Cad Bane and Hunter go at it, right? And they try to see who can pull their the gun out first and take the other one out. Hunter does get off a shot and manages to... Uh, take out Toto 360's leg, but Hunter is is basically killed, or not, or not killed. But we, for a moment, we maybe think he he might have been killed. Um, and and Cad Bane runs off with with Omega. Why, like, why don't the Kaminoans want the rest of the Bad Batch? Why just Omega? They I don't mean, whatever, want. Yeah, it's whatever makes her special. Yeah, like is somehow key to whatever their next steps are. And maybe that's what we'll see in the next episode. Yeah. 
That's true. We're we're halfway through the season now, so we are yeah. we are getting to that point where it makes sense to start, you know, throwing out some of those some additional hints. Yeah. And some of the questions of at word. this point are gonna have to start being answered. Laying some more questions going into next season or whatever, or into the next plot. So now, what did you guys think of when Hunter Hunter was coming to, seeing it through his eyes? Basically, the Bad Batch escaping the clones, um, you know, their their old clone buddies, chasing him back onto the ship. I thought that was pretty cool. That was something that I just absolutely, yeah, I thought it was awesome. That that first person shot was just great. It's so cool. It it yeah. really reminded me of like Republic Commando, in, yeah, uh, in many ways. Not the same exact HUD and everything, but v- similar style and then of course the episode ends in silence which they only do for like major major events uh and i don't know in some ways it didn't quite feel earned to have omega's kidnapping end in silence but it was still i i loved it either way right i'm i'm very excited to see what happens what do they want omega for will the batch get omega back will they pursue right away and follow Cad Bane. Will Cad Bane team up with Boba Fett, Fen- and Fennec Shand? Mm-hmm. I, I, who knows? I yeah. have so many yeah. questions, and I'm Lots so excited. I see. Lots I feel like questions. this is a much better ending, though. Like I feel like this is. I know I was talking about last week. This is like a huge cliffhanger. And I think this is one of the first times where the episode hasn't felt super self-contained, because now we have this big cliffhanger of what's going to happen next, and they have to go rescue Omega and find her. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Are we up for ratings? Let's do it. Yeah. I yeah. So. I mean, okay. Um, William, you go first. Oh, so I'll I'll say um, the the whole battle with Crosshair I, I loved. Um, the introduction of Cad Bane I loved even more. Like that moment alone was a ten out of ten. His voice sounded a little deeper, I think, probably just because Corey Burton is, what, 10, 15 years older now. But um, I, I thought it was just fantastic. The first part of the episode was good. Um, I wouldn't say it's, you know, outstanding or anything. So I think overall, I'm going to give it nine and a half, nine Womp Rats, sorry, uh, out mm. of 10. Um, yeah, it was still incredible, incredible. I can't, I'm so excited to see Cad Bane back. It's just it's awesome. Uh, and I cannot wait to see where they take things next. So my nine Womp Rats uh, actually work for Cad Bane. Um, and so they're just, they're on Cad Bane's ship. The, the, might be the justifier. We don't really know yet. Uh, hanging out, helping out Cad Bane. That's what they're, that's what they're doing. Keeping the lights on while he's doing his duty. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know what? I'll go next. You know what? I'm going to go there, William. I'm giving this episode a 9.5. I thought this was an outstanding episode. I think we covered a lot of beats for this episode. I, I just, I am really excited to see where they're taking it from this point. And yet and leaving it as a cliffhanger with absolutely no music at the end really focuses that this was the important episode of the first half of the season. Mm-hmm. And it just drove it home especially when you have Cad Bane just show up, in my opinion, a left field out of nowhere. So it's a 9.5. My 9.5 Womp Rats, 
See, the one thing you didn't understand is when that clone trooper was on top of in, in the control center of the venerator trying to switch all those buttons, he was basically awaking the 9.5 womp rats that were actually turning the wheel to get the engines working. And and that turning of the wheel to get those engines really, really fired up, that's why it took a little bit to sputter, it had to first off wake them up. So it was those 9.5 womp rats that really had to get that engine going to, to kind of burn crosshair. So it was that hamster wheel, man. They had to really, that half womp rat had to sit there and sadly grease the wheels. Very nice. Yep. Um, yeah, I'll just I'll make it. I mean, it's not unanimous, but I'm also going to give it a nine out of ten. Um, just a solid episode brought us back to that kind of <coughs> excuse me, that main story in a in a big way. And I'm actually you know, we talked about last uh, last week. I, I was suspicious that this might end the crosshair. Arc, and I this leaves me glad that it did not. Mm -hmm. All of, we've upped the stakes and I, I look forward to seeing. Um, yeah, what happens next here and bringing back Cad Bane is obviously just fantastic. They get all the credit for that. Just yeah. yes. Feel free to bring back other characters. Like that just yes. That I yes. <laughs> um, it was just very I yeah, it's fantastic. Um so my nine womp rats, see there's there's a funny thing that happened. There there was um some of the scavengers that are kind of working their way around Braca. He's he's down on his luck, he's trying to figure out what he's gonna do um with his life, and he sees this engine blast off um and he sees what he some various like small womp rats that are kind of cooked by the engine and he after the, you know everyone has left he goes and finds them uh you know finds the these womp rats that got cooked and he and he kind of takes a bite of one very tentatively and realizes like oh my god this tastes delicious <laughs> and he from, from there you know of course he goes to uh batu where he starts trying to patent this idea of what he call he calls it like ronto roasters um there you go. and uh yeah that's that is the the true story of how uh ronto roaster is it you know batu's edge or batu's edge galaxy's edge came to be you know steven i, I actually Watch. heard that originally the the store the shop was going to be named uh womp rat roasters but people are too grossed out so they switched it to ronto roasters is that is that true yeah it is true i don't understand why but I mean, he learned the technique on womp rats, and they just, womp rats are kind of small. You want something with a little bit more meat on them. So that's I think why they went to went to Rontos. But it's yeah, you just the craziest things. I mean, look, this is the thing that Dave Filoni does so well is he sets up all these stories. We get Cad Bane back, we get Fennec Shan, and we get Ronto roasters, even though you didn't may not have noticed, you know? Oh my god, outstanding! That is that is just that is brilliant. <laughs> I. That that's just like Cad Bane. Never saw that one coming. Um, <laughs> and now I'm craving a Ronto wrap. So thanks, Stephen. Oh, you're God, welcome. Oh so my man, those things are so good. Oh, oh, they're so good. Anyway, um, William, why don't you tell us about next week's episode? I, you know a lot of it, right? <laughs> we know all sorts of things. Uh, we know that it's called Episode 109 of the Bad Batch, and there's no official title yet or synopsis. And even if we had a synopsis, it it wouldn't tell us anything. Um, right. You know, I think theories we've 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 had all sorts of speculation and theories uh, throughout this episode, but yeah, I suspect the, the, Cad synopsis for, the synopsis for the next episode is the batch face their next challenge. Yeah, <laughs> I think that sums it up very well. I, I challenge but... anyone to find to watch the next episode, which we have not seen yet, obviously, and nope. uh, show me how that's clearly not the correct uh, description. It, it'll probably it. honestly, it'll probably be something like the batch pursue 
their quarry or something like that. (laughs) The Batch in Hot Pursuit. Oh, yeah. We will we will see. But hey, it's it's so great to see Cad Bane back. I hope he's a major character in this season. Based oh. on his introduction, it sounds like he will be compared to some of the other people we've seen thus far, where they've right. kind of been, you know, one episode, one and done characters. Mm-hmm. And, you know, more reappearances, guest stars, uh or almost more of a cameo, right? At, at this point, I think I think bad um Cad Bane is might be here to stay, which makes me Yeah. Makes yeah warms my heart so and and i'm i'm just gonna say this and we can end it this way i am really looking forward to seeing how sid plays out through this because she's working for somebody as well that Mm -hmm. is the biggest thing i want to know going forward because cad bane's been introduced we know we know who he's working for that's the definite but really phoenix shen who is she working for it sounds like the 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 caminoans but really is she and then now you've got Sid who's she working for all these are going to be answered hopefully in the coming episodes which we don't have the synopsis so we'll find out together you know maybe maybe Sid's working for Jabba Cad Bane Boba Fett Fennec Shander working for the Kaminoans mm-hmm. because the Bad Batch are working for Sid who's working for Jabba and the Bad Batch are after uh, the bounty hunters, they all end up crossing paths and that's how Boba Fett and Fennec Shand end up working for Jabba at some point and yeah. therefore end up somehow in his palace in the book of Boba Fett. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll find out who we'll knows, find out. who knows. Yep. Well, I cannot wait to discuss this with all of you next week. So stay tuned for our review. Hope you're all having a wonderful weekend and uh, rest your week and we'll be back soon with our review of the bad batch 109 thank you for listening to the ion cannon podcast your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far far away for over a decade ion cannon has covered every corner of the saga from the films and animated series like the clone wars and rebels to books comics games and more if you like what you hear please rate us in your favorite podcast client Your review will help this show grow within the Star Wars community. We can be found at our website, ioncanoncast.com, and you can follow us through Facebook and Twitter. To email us, you can do so at contact at ioncanoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, The Walt Disney Company, or any and all of their respective trademarks or copyright holders. Any opinion expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans, for fans, and is copyright 2018.